The Northern Territory's Electoral Commissioner, Ian Logan-Athan. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Katie. Now, Ian, I understand that yesterday was the last day or the deadline, I guess you'd say, for anybody to contest uh, the results of, of uh, the outcome of the Northern Territory election held on August 22. Um, how did it all go? Is, is anybody contesting any seats? Uh, I haven't been made aware that uh, anything's been lodged with a court of disputed return, so my understanding is no, Katie. Well, is that normal? Like, do we usually have a situation where, uh, where you know, people do want to, to contest some of those electorates? Look, um, it's quite often in the um, most marginal seats. Um, people may look at the option there. I don't know whether people recall at the 2016 election in Nullamboy, as it was known then, uh, the margin was only... Um, eight votes, and it was actually the Electoral Commission that lodged a petition uh, to the Court of Disputed Returns, and that related to um, whether the elected candidate met the nomination criteria. Um, that ac- actually didn't end up going to court yep. uh, because there was insufficient evidence um, for that for the uh, for the matter to be taken to the um, uh, to the to, 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 uh, to the court. So it sounds as though it is a fairly normal process to obviously for people to lodge those disputes if uh, if they feel as though they need to happen. Look, uh, look, it's obviously it's part of the electoral process, and the electoral commission the electoral commission is a returning officer yep. for elections. Um, and if people have any issues in relation to the administration of the election or any other issue that they may feel has impacted the result of the election, uh, the proper process is for the Court of Disputed Returns is to review um, uh, the election and, and, and see whether there's any merit in the claims made. OK, so it's obvious um, that it is a fairly formal sort of process or it's a process that happens after every election. And I guess it's probably a process which, uh, which is followed nationwide by, you know, whether you're talking about a federal election or a, uh, or a Northern Territory. One. Look, um, I mean, our, our margins are incredibly tight, Katie. I yeah. mean, uh, for Barclay to be five and for Blaine to be 13, um, I've been speaking to the other electoral commissioners and they're saying that, uh, you know, any margin around 50, noting that their seats are much larger, uh, would almost automatically go to the Court of Disputed Returns. Um, but look, look, let me say, it's not as though, um, uh, you know, that, that, that um, the parties certainly haven't considered uh, yeah. their options, uh, that there have been significant data requests um, since the election, um, as they've been like reviewing every aspect of the election and looking at possible, you know, uh, mistakes or flaws that potentially could have, you know, for in the case of Barclay, only really had to impact three votes. Yeah, it's quite phenomenal, isn't it? Especially, like you say, um, you know, interstate, if it's less than 50, uh, quite often it does go through the Court of Disputed Returns. Are you surprised that we're, we're not sort of seeing, um, you know, anything go, go that way following on from the Territory election? Look, nothing surprises me in territory <laughs> politics, Katie, right? Uh, um, but, um, look, you know, what, I, what I, uh, I am pleased about is that, um, you know, there's been a lot of scrutiny happening after the election um, as parties have looked at, you know, different aspects of what we've done, in, you know, particularly in relation to postal voting. Um, that's been, um, there have been a quite, quite a number of issues in, in the media. And, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased that, you know, that they haven't been, they haven't been able to identify any flaws mm. uh, that would give them grounds to take it to the court of, court of disputed returns. Ian, is there anything that you as the Electoral Commissioner have sort of taken a look at since the election and thought, OK, we might make some changes for next time round? Look, um, we, there certainly are. We're currently writing the election report. 
um, and that will that will be tabled in Parliament at, after every election. Uh, we look at our procedures, we look at how the legislation and how the legislation operated, um, and uh, and what needs to be um, sort of modernised or what needs to be changed. We're certainly looking at what other electoral commissions are doing, um, so that uh, we keep tabs in, in relation to uh, what the standard is in Australia. And in terms of opening the polls early, the early voting, do you think that that should be something that I mean, is it something that was quite successful in your eyes? Well, look, absolutely. I mean, I think we had uh, 56% of people vote early. Uh, it's very clear that Territorians want to vote when it's convenient to them. Um, you know, it's, it's very pleasing that there's no criteria now to early vote. Anybody can early vote. And, you know, that certainly is the... Um, is the way in uh, in the future that uh, you know we're going to have we're going to see more and more uh, territorians early vote. Well, yeah, I thought it. You know, I just think it's it makes sense to me to make it as easy as possible for people to vote. You know, we want as many people as possible to be out voting. Well, I don't think you can blame people for not voting if it's difficult to vote, right? Yeah. You have to make it convenient for them. So, you know, we certainly try to have as many early voting centres as we can in the shopping centre. People are there. There's a lot of walk-through traffic. So, um, you know, just be, um, you know, vote when it's convenient to you. Now, in terms of the postal votes, you mentioned this uh, a little while ago. Do you think that there, there could be some things that we do differently when it comes to postal voting down the track? Look, I think some of the issues in regard to postal vote is, you know, we certainly had discussions with Australia Post and the impact in regard to COVID that was having in, in relation to their timetable. They've made it very clear that um, uh, there certainly are restrictions. Uh, we certainly came out uh, very early um, based on their advice saying it was going to be, be extremely difficult to service overseas elector because, um, you know, there's hardly any international flights and, and uh, another number of countries aren't accepting international mail. So, you know, how can um, this be improved? And, uh, yeah. you know, the obvious, the, the obvious way is to look at some kind of uh, electronic voting option. Mm. But, uh, you know, that, that opens up a whole myriad of cyber security issues that, that really need to be addressed. Yeah, well, and I guess that's something that, uh, you know, realistically would have to be happening Australia-wide um, before we'd be able to, to, to push through with it in the Territory, wouldn't it? Look, absolutely. And like all the electoral commissioners get together um, about two or three times a year. And that's the push that we're sort of saying to, um, in particular, the Commonwealth government. There's no point developing, you know, seven different systems um, that have different levels of security. Um, you know, let's just develop one system that, that can service all elections um, and that can be to the highest standard of security um, so that, you know, we, we know that there's some robustness in the whole process. But really, I mean, is that the way that we're heading, that we do need to go to that online voting? Look, I, I mean, I think there's a general trend uh, towards moving services online. Uh, I suppose we've been talking here in relation to what's convenient. Yep. Um, and uh, I think for a lot of people, um, uh, the capacity to do it online is the most convenient way. I think in the Territory, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, we've got a, um, a large segment of the population who, uh, you know, are unlikely to uh, utilise those services. So there's always going to be, um, uh, uh, you know, remote polling and, 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 uh, and we'll always have polling places um, in, in, in urban areas. But um, look, I think it's some time down the track. Um, I 
I think people will be watching in great interest in relation to what happens with the census next year. Yeah. Um, uh, and and what traction, uh, pe- um, how many people use online, and if, if there are any further issues that they that they face. Uh, but it's all this learnings. So I think um, I can say here at the Electoral Commission, uh, when we run all the enterprise ballots for. Uh, the Northern Territory Government, and we do it for the private sector as well, and they're conducted online. So I think it's going to be baby steps yeah. of you know moving into this space, becoming comfortable in this space, um, ensuring that the that the public um, or have confidence uh, in any system that we use, because that's the only way you can use it. Because if there's not public acceptance of the result, then um, uh, you know uh, elections don't work. Yeah, spot on. Well, Ian Loganathan, the Northern Territory Electoral Commissioner, always good to chat with you. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Katie. Thank you.